Welcome to Rock and Roll Shinsu Chu. My name is Gabe Estel, and I'm here with my co-host, Dennis Levi Leach and Jonathan Getz for episode number 30. You've come a long way, baby. 30-30, All right, yep. 30 for 30. All right, well, good deal. Well, we're glad everybody's here with us for our 30th episode. Um, We haven't, uh, we've been, took a little bit of a hiatus. Levi is now... Dennis Colorado Thunder Leech. Yes. All right. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So, Kiki. They're calling uh, me Kike. Nice. Denver congrats, Nuggets. Throwback. Congrats. Congrats. On, oh, yeah. Nice. Nice. Good, good <laughs> reference. Um, uh, so, yeah. Levi is out there. So, congrats on the move, man. Um, and we'll go ahead and get uh, right. Of, Jonathan actually reminded us just a few minutes ago before. We started recording the show that uh, this is the 20th anniversary of Jerry Garcia's passing. So uh, rest in peace to old Jer. Um, and that kind of segues into um, the, the first part of our, uh, our leadoff here. Um, as I mentioned during the, the episode 29, the dead were just in town for uh, what's believed to be their final shows. Um and uh, I had a really good time. You know, I'm not going to uh, go over, you know, song by song or anything like that. But I found the first night to be the best. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I liked the first night a lot. Um, set list wise, at least. Yeah. Um, the second night was probably my, my least favorite, although it was still good. And then the third night was was really strong as well. Kind of predictable at times with the third night. But um, yeah, I, I really liked the first night. Um even though uh, a lot of people don't like Phil's voice and he did sing too much. I'll give him that. (laughs) They should have had Trey singing more. Um, The box of rain opener on Friday night was nice. Um, And uh, they did passenger, which is one of my favorite songs, which I I had heard that they hadn't played since the early Uh, eighties. And uh, yeah, so it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. You know, it was crowded. Um, it was kind of disorganized in the sense that they only had like what appeared to be like two or three entrances open. Like, so they were like, you know, you had like, you had like, you know, 75 to 70,000 people moving through, you know, two entrances. Oh, wow. That's hard to fathom that they would. Yeah. Why they would I, okay, do that. Maybe it was more than two, but it was, it was jam packed wherever I was. Um, oh, it yeah. took the first night, like we waited in line, like in the line to get in, to scan your ticket for like 45 minutes. Wow. Yeah. So it moves smoother each night. Like each night was a shorter wait. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was it was packed. It was crowded. See any I mean, celebrities? Were... I did not. No. Um, uh, I'm. Uh, you didn't see Cutler. Did... Cut. No Cutler. No Cutler sighting. No. Cavalry. <laughs> Cavalry. Yeah. <laughs> I partied with Rex Grossman that night. No. Um, but um, anyway, him and Jim Miller stopped by. Um, but um, all the bear. They had a whole section for all the Bears quarterbacks. Like all, Peter Tom Willis. Man, that, yeah. that dude can. That all dude can party. Five quarterbacks they've had in the last ten years. But um, Mike anyway. Tomzak. Sorry, right. I'll stop. I'll stop. So. So. Um, uh, Kate McDown was there. Um, <laughs> he better not have been. They should have right. fucking thrown him right out. Yeah, he's on the like um, black. The but black no, the camera list. did. The <laughs> camera did pan on Bill Walton 
once or twice during the last night. Sure, it wasn't Bruce Hornsby. Curly hair, man. They got to... <laughs> no, this this guy, this guy had about about two and a half feet on Bruce Hornsby. I think so. Um, but yeah, so you know, I had a really good time. I mean, I kind of you know, I I don't know if it some was what just, it was. Right? If some people I, were disappointed, I don't I don't know. I mean, I my expectations weren't. Were some people disappointed? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure like there's some older heads that probably didn't even want anything to do with it. Yeah, that's what I think. Whatever. My my that's, um, that's my brother-in-law went. Yeah, you know? and so yeah. I think saw a they, lot of shows in the. They, 80s. He saw a ton of shows with Jerry, and then so they got there, and I think I think to them it was they saw one of the shows in Santa Clara the week before, right? And they said it was just just about selling the experience of being at a grateful dead show. Like, you know, just like being in the parking lot with all the people, then being inside with like tons of people. And then a, they're not big fish people. So I don't see, you know, I can't, they were were anti-tray before. Yeah. 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 So I, you know, they weren't going to change their mind about that. Yeah. But I will say, you know, I talked to them right after that show and he totally, he said, Hey man, I saw John Mayer walking around and I heard that John Mayer is going to be the new guitarist in the dead. And I was like, whatever. And then just a couple days ago on the internet, I read that John Mayer is playing with, it's called dead and company. And what it is, it's, um, it's everybody, but Phil who is still alive from the dead. So that'd be Bobby, Mickey and Bill. And then, is it Jeff Chimeni, Kimeni, however yeah, you right. say it? Right. And then um, on bass is O'Teal, I believe. Yeah, right. O'Teal Burbers? Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Has he played with them before? And John Mayer. Uh, O'Teal played in, uh, no, that was Alfonso Johnson. That was Alfonso, yeah. Um, yeah, that played in the other ones, yeah. Yeah, I know. And so that'll kind of be interesting because they have a big repertoire. There's a lot of songs that. And so that got me, I was like, wow, that he totally somehow knew that like weeks before it happened. Right. And so I looked into the story a little bit and I guess John Meyer or John Mayer has been like, I don't know when it He's was like a, him. like a year or yeah. so ago or two, however yeah. it was. He played with he heard, Phil before. He, he heard Althea. He oh, like yeah. was driving and he heard Althea and was like, who the hell is this? And, like, I guess since then, he's, like, immersed himself into Jerry and, like, trying to play like Jerry. Oh, it's all recent, his... Yeah. His education. Yeah. That, yeah, that's what right they're on. saying. Right on. I got no problem with that. That's cool. Yeah, Whatever. that's cool. As long as you're educated. I mean, he's he's one of those people, like, I don't like his music, but, I don't know, he seems, like... Right. Seems yeah. inoffensive to me. Yeah. I mean, he... Yeah, inoffensive you know, is a good word. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to buy one of his records, you know, Right. But. He did, yeah. he he has some killer artwork on his records. Uh, uh, I think his most recent one. There's actually a, a Vimeo a video about the making of the, the oh, cover, yeah. uh, the illustration. It's 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 a good watch. Anyway, cool. Dude's got oh. some notches on that bedpost. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he does. That's off. No kidding. No kidding. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's 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 true. Um, most importantly, right. But anyway. Um, I, I had a good time, man. I, you know, it was I, a good vibe. Uh, the crowd. Vibe. Yeah. I thought the crowd was all right. Yeah. You know, um, how were the concessions? Yeah. I was going to say garlic grilled cheeses, still a dollar. <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't really explore the parking lot too much. Um, or the shakedown street, but, um, the, the concessions were shitty. They actually 
like ran out of everything but pretzels the last night, <laughs> like within the venue. You know, yeah. it was just your basic Soldier Field concessions. Right. You're uh, like these taste old. They're like, oh, they're from last November. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the pretzels from the last Bears win. Um, hey, but, hey, uh, hey, 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 yeah, hey. Um, but anyway, I had a good time, and um, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I think Trey did really admirably too. I yeah, think he did. He fit in. You know, obviously, I I like the guy. I'm a fan of his music or and fish. Um, but I think a lot of he proved maybe some skeptics wrong, you know. Um, and also they asked him to do it, you know. It right. wasn't yeah, like. Right? wasn't like he was like me 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 you know i mean they sound like he's been auditioning for it his whole right life right right um and so what about his guitar tone uh and and it sounded like solos it sounded like him it It always sounded like sounded like whoa this is what would it sound like if bob weir phil lesh and the two drummers mickey played played with fish you know that's what it sounded like to me at times uh but the jeff cimenti or whatever levi mentioned he's that guy's tight. That guy's rock solid. He's really good. Um, he doesn't overdo it, um, but he he's nice. And then Hornsby was okay, I guess. I, I heard like sometimes the mix was like you could barely hear the keys. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Was a little down. It was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was a good time, and I I would give it a thumbs up. Good experience all around, really. Good. So. Um, so that was good. And then, uh, you know, obviously we lost Jerry 20 years ago. But uh, since we recorded our last episode, one of my favorite bass players um, passed away, Chris Squire from Yes. So yeah. certainly uh, somebody that would be on the Mount Rushmore of, of, of my bass players, you know, For if, sure. I, if I had to pick them. Uh, him and Entwistle were always my favorites. Yeah. So just, just a thought, just a. I mean, even if you don't like Yes, like the guy was was a fucking beast. Oh yeah, um, dude. yeah. He beat the shit out of that Rickenbacker bass, man. He always played the Rick too, man. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, good backing vocals too. He oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, underrated backing vocals. vocals. And also, I think Fish Out of Water, his solo record, is really, really solid. It's uh, it came out when he was in. Well, he was still in Yes. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, you don't see it a ton on vinyl. I've only seen it a few times. Yeah, you always see see the Wakeman ones or the John Anderson ones. Yeah, like every member produced a solo record that year, like that was like their year off, and they all did solo records. Even Patrick Moraz has one. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so yeah, rest in peace to Chris, um, great bass player, and uh, definitely, yeah. Uh, My a a friend of ours, a friend of the podcast. I was texting him, and uh, he said that I hope in reference to Chris Squire passing that I hope his heaven looks like their album covers. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yep. yep. So Michael wins that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well put now. Yes. Is down to two. Well, not original members, but classic lineup members. So yeah. it's kind of becoming the Leonard Skinner of Prague, I guess. But percentage wise, no one, but there will still be a band touring called. Yes. Right. Um, but yeah, they're, they're carrying on. Um, so anyway, other moving on to baseball. Um, the other thing that's happened is we talked about all, a lot of the speculation in previous episodes, the trade deadline has come and gone and, um, the Royals made 
I think the most significant moves of the three teams that we follow closely. They got it uh, done. Yeah. So Jonathan, it's Johnny Cueto is probably comes to mind like the one of the biggest Royals pitching acquisitions probably ever. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, this is the first significant move that they've made probably ever when it comes down to like the real trade deadline and what it's turned into over the last 20 yeah. years. And uh, for them, I mean, they went out and got an ace. Yeah. You know, this, right. this yeah, team that ace, thought man. that it had an ace in Jordano Ventura and it didn't because it turns out he's still got a lot of maturing to do both on the mound and off the mound. Uh uh, to go out and get that guy that mm-hmm. uh, you need to start off a series, uh, a playoff series, uh, was was huge. I mean, to, to pull that trigger, and it's interesting uh, because you know this their ownership has been known to be pretty uh, tight, you know, oh, yeah. tight fisted with it with the wallets, and and also to be ready to granted ship uh, prospects for. Uh, or established players for prospects. That's that's what the Royals fans are used to over the last 20, 20 years. Uh, uh, you know, see Johnny Damon at all, and yeah. uh, for uh, for them uh, for that same ownership then to go ahead and say this is it. I mean, we're where we want to be. Uh, we're ready to make these moves. It, I think it instills a, a lot more faith and kind of mends some fences with this fan base that has had to put up with what it has over the last 20 years that it's like, oh, now they are in a position. So the ownership really, they do care. And yeah. to go out and get both uh, Cueto and Zobrist. Uh, right. That's another, that's the other guy I was going to mention. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, with Alex... baseball's best utility players, he hasn't hit that well this year. I know. Uh, no. Um... no, he's, he's slightly above average, I think in terms of OPS, but older than I thought he was too. He's like, yeah. Uh... yeah. So what is he's he like? like 33, 34. Yeah. Yeah. Nice thing about him though is because Alex Gordon went down at the beginning right. of July. Uh, right. I don't know if they make this deal if Alex Gordon doesn't go down. Uh, but uh, now that they have him, uh, when Gordon comes back, uh, which should be in a few weeks, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know he'll either uh, replace. Uh, the idea was he'd replace Infante, but really, in my opinion, he should probably replace Rios, Alex Rios, who's just been right. abhorrent out there in right field. Yeah. Um, granted, Infante isn't swinging a big stick either, but you expect more production out of your right fielder than your second baseman. And Infante's sure. glove is, is pretty solid. So, yeah. uh, Rios think... is a career disappointment. I can speak from experience. Yeah, I mean, he, he had yeah. a great year in Toronto, but that's about it. Uh, yeah, he got a huge deal because of it. Yeah, and... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Zobris is pretty versatile. They played him at third today for the first time in, since, like, for five year, in five years for him. Nice. So, uh, so yeah, it was um, it was pretty exciting uh, to see the ownership go out and, and do what they did, and, and essentially, like, it's it's funny because it's those rumors that you always talk about your team, like, oh, yeah. if we could just go get this guy, then that would be awesome, and it never really happens that way. You sure. get somebody like right. a level below what you, what yeah, you're right. About. You get like. Yeah. Instead of Levi getting Dan Heron, you would have gotten Dan Heron yeah, yeah. or something yeah. like that. But they actually went out and got those two guys. Right. So uh, yeah. it, was, it was impressive. Yeah. 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 I mean, Dan those are Heron. those are playoff moves. You know, I mean, you were already in first place before you got those two dudes. You know, you oh, yeah. most yep. likely would have won the division without those two yep. guys as well. So, yeah. Like, yeah, you're not screwing around. Exactly. They're playoff <laughs> yeah, moves. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Well, good for you. Um, Levi, man. Uh, yeah, two it, words. Dan Heron. Yeah, yeah, uh, right, right, yeah. I, 
I wasn't that thrilled when we got him, and then in his first outing, he got rocked. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see how the rest of this transaction pans out. Yeah. Um, they I... didn't give up a ton for him. No, no. So, um... I mean, you guys, if you guys would have gone after Price, you would have you would have given up a lot. Oh, know? yeah. No, yeah. Uh, they, well, they, we would have yeah. given, yeah, some like of your best prospects. prospects. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, if Price or um, Hamels, you know, if you would have gone after either one of those two more aggressively, you would have had to given up so much more. So, or, you know, Heron's just a yeah. rental. You one, know? Of the, I mean, one of the funnest facts since then is that David Ross, our backup catcher, mm-hmm. right, has pitched two innings of no hit baseball. Nice, <laughs> in, <laughs> like in like these crazy games where like they needed somebody off the bench. Madden has gone to him twice now, <laughs> and he's he's dug good because he's, he's like, Lester's catcher, right? He is. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Well, hey man, you know if you playoffs come around and you've you've exhausted all your other options you know i mean rossy out there yeah i might have to have ross go to the other end all right well good yeah so heron um yeah did you guys make any other moves did i Uh, nothing significant nothing significant no we should we should have gotten rid of some people but that's another story right (laughs) rafael soriano comes to mind we in the last week we've benched Castro and so uh, you know Baez probably could have gone but instead they in all the reports they're going to play the patience card with Baez leave him in the minors the rest of the year bring him up in September oh Oh, you shipped uh, Junior Lake oh yeah I forgot to Baltimore to Baltimore for for, that reliever yeah oh yeah for the bullpen guy guy. yeah Yeah. I I know who you're talking about the bullpen guy is yeah um you know, the White Sox, um, we didn't make any moves. I mean, the, we, we let Connor Gillespie, who was actually had a decent year last year, but just never really clicked this year at third base. Um, we let him go. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think now the whole fan base is wondering, like, oh, what could have we have gotten for Samarja, you know? Um, because uh, not a winning record. Yeah, right. I mean, well, <laughs> I mean, we went from, like, you know, we were sellers and then like we got hot, you know, for right. like one, one oh, seven yeah. in a row went to, went to maybe being buyers, but stood pat. And now, yeah. Yeah. You know, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope I'm wrong, but, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a lost cause at this point, I think. Yeah. So just teams just played so inconsistently. Um, yeah. And the Royals so, now with, uh, 10 and a half game lead in that division. It's yeah. Yeah. You're not gonna, you're not gonna, you're not, you're not tough. gonna fill that. And the White Sox have fallen back behind Detroit now. Um, uh, Detroit's been yeah, a little bit better. Um, yeah. Minnesota's fallen back a little bit. Right. Yeah, they're in fourth. So, so yeah. But the um, Cubs, I mean, Cubs, what? You won 9 of 10 or something like that? We just, today, we just swept the Giants on a four-game series. Wow. You're like 12 or 13 games over 500. Yeah, we are 62 and 48. Nice. Got Eight a couple and a half games. games behind the Cardinals. But a couple games up on the wild card. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me pull up wild card. We are uh... okay. I heard that there was a bomb threat at Wrigley tonight. What? Yeah, uh, they evacuated the press box late after the game was way over. I think. <laughs> no good. Yes, we have the second spot. 
The Pirates have the first, and they are three games ahead of us. I assume I, you play Pittsburgh again this year. I would guess. Uh, oh right? yeah, them being uh, in the division and all. Yeah, let me pull up the schedule here because I was wondering, uh, I was wondering if we were going to play Colorado again. While Levi's doing that, if you guys had to pick the World Series today, who would you pick? Because my predictions. Way I off. seventy. I seventy. Yeah, yeah. I would go with the Royals, Royals and cards. the Cardinals too. Yeah. I would. I and mean, that's that's a cheap pick because they both have the best records in their leagues. Right. Uh, but uh, I won't pick the Blue Jays out of spite. I was going to say Yankees have been like quietly good, but they just got swept by the Blue Jays. They just oh, got swept yeah, by Toronto. But, yeah, but, who's I mean, now yeah, inched I, within a couple. I think the Yankees will get one of the wild card spots, though. Oh, the, um, I think the Yankees will win the division. I don't think the they Blue still. Jays I guess they saw our like they saw our like three games up. I think two even out. I think swept. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, Toronto obviously made very significant moves. I think I, the they, biggest bat and the biggest arm. Yeah, they. I mean, they won the trade deadline. Well, actually. Uh, come October, we'll find out who won the trade deadline. Yeah. But, yeah. but at least on paper, they won it. Um, so yeah, so they play Pittsburgh again, Levi. Okay, I'm looking. Uh, starting Tuesday, we have the Brewers for three days. This weekend's the White Sox. I've... After that's the Tigers, then the Braves, then a one-game makeup with the Indians, then the Giants, the Dodgers. The Pretty Reds. easy couple weeks there until you get to the Giants. And the okay, Dodgers. and then and then September starts and we have Reds, Diamondbacks, Cardinals, Phillies, Pirates, Cardinals, Brewers, Pirates, Royals, Reds. Wow! So you got two two series against the Pirates. Uh, the Pirates are playing really good baseball. I didn't even yeah, know we, we had a, the Cubs and Royals played a series this season. Well, yeah, they yeah. Will. I think Kansas I so. City was in was in town. I think it was at Red. Yeah, Red. at the end of September, sure. there's a Royals makeup game. Yeah, I'm pretty oh, sure a makeup game. Right? Yeah, I do recall that rain out. Okay. Right. Well, well, yeah. So we faced yeah. the Pirates and the Cardinals twice that month. That'll be tough. Yeah, you got it pretty easy up until September. Like the rest of August does is definitely doable. You know, um, but. We'll see how it plays out. Um, I kind of like Houston too. If I had to, like, like I'd like yeah. to see like if they Houston just got swept made. by Oakland, though. I think. Yeah, it's still a good team, though. It I is. Mean, it I, is. I think they made good moves. Like getting Casimir, I think was a good move. Yeah, and um, Scott Casimir is, I would say, he's the ageless wonder, but he's still not that old. It's, he's like twenty nine. I think he's like thirty. He's at is least he like thirty. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, but it, he came in the league young. Oh, it seems like he's been pitching for. Yeah, uh, since like the nineties. I think he he came in the league at like twenty, nineteen or twenty. But anyway, um, talking about the Blue Jays, that's a good segue into tonight's heart of the order. Going to be talking about our friends to the north. Um, we missed Canada Day on July first. I mean, we obviously better, all had it marked on our calendars. We did, yeah. Better late it, than never. It, yeah, that's a standard holiday on most U.S. calendars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I was looking at my calendar there, um, but yeah. So we missed it, but that's okay because we're going to celebrate Canada Day tonight, yeah. rock and roll Shinsu Chu style, um, by talking a little bit about um, Canadian music and, of course, Canadian baseball. Uh, Canada's players, and then also the two franchises, now just down to one, that have been in Canada. Um, we're going to talk about those. 
as well as some of our favorite Canadian artists. Um, Does that include like uh, Heart Foundation, like uh, Brutus Barber Beefcake? <laughs> <laughs> Anything like Brutus the Barber just... is my favorite WWF wrestler. Canada of all time. did produce some good wrestlers, man. You're right. Oh, yeah. That, I yeah. didn't know. I didn't know he was Canadian. Oh, I think he is. I assume. My barber. Let me oh, look I don't it know. Up. Barber is. Brett is. It would be ironic because I have a photo. My sister once ran into him at the at, at yeah, an I've airport. Seen yeah. yeah, yeah, and he's wearing a he's wearing a flag. It was during the first Gulf War, and he's wearing a or he's wearing a t shirt that has an American flag on it. it. Says, "Try to burn this one, asshole." Nope, he was born <laughs> born in Tampa, Florida. Okay, but uh, but did did train in in Canada with Greg the Hammer Valentine. Oh nice. yeah, yeah. Nice. So we're going to talk about that. Um, obviously, there was a recent feud, too, in baseball between the Blue Jays and the Royals, which was a big series, I think, what, a weekend ago? I think last. Yeah, and it was it was overblown. Notice the only people to be suspended were from the Blue Jays. Right. Just right. saying. Yes, Kansas City being the real choir boys in all this year. Hey, Kansas City's anyway. been hit more than twice as much as they've hit players, for right. the record. You've got to target so who is, your Who's your Lambeer? Like, do you guys have, like, is there, Actually, like, one... it's it's a guy who's not even throwing at anybody. It's Jordano Ventura who can't stop running his yap. Yeah. Who Ventura eventually, like, apologized to Jose Bautista. But anyway. Yeah. They're, they've, like I mentioned, they've got a target on their backs. Um, you know, they're not as level, they're not as likable as they were last year for some reason. I, I don't know. I think... Uh... The na- like the nationwide sheen has yeah, kind exactly, of exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not cute anymore, you know, right. 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 But hey, that's hey, when you're when you're at the top. You see this? Is. This is this is the world's two middle finger violins like playing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, shite. Um also, I don't know if you guys saw this um Neil Young yanked all of his catalog from the streaming services. I our think favorite so. Canadian musician. Yes, our favorite Canadian. I mean, I think oh, that's... D- dual citizen. He also has right, American right. citizenship. But obviously, you know, we're going to talk about Neil a little bit because you can't mention really Canadian rock and roll without him. He's implied. But, yeah, but he's he's like in another league. You know right. what I mean? Like, so, so did with he all do due this... respect to Canada, the ones we're talking about, the, the, the gulf between Neil and Rush and everybody right. else is pretty wide. Right. Pretty wide, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It'd be yeah. like, okay, name your three favorite Australian bands. Everybody's like ACDC. They're like, okay, number two. And then... Yeah, Tame Impala. Right. <laughs> yeah. You, you Silver Share fans might speak up. You know? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Hey man, I, I I I can tolerate Frog Stomp. Oh, anyway, yeah. hey, hey. Tomorrow, they were like baby. fifteen. You know? oh, yeah, impeccable for yeah. that age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. actually, that, that that guy just uh, that lead singer just released a solo record, I think. No, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. Yes, Daniel Jones. Thank you. Right. Anyway, back to Canada. Yeah. So <laughs> Neil yanked his streaming service. Um, which, while I have a lot of the guy's albums, not all of them, certainly that kind of sucked because. Like everything was on our do, um, yeah. but uh, is uh, this in response to that like new super uh, Pono? Or yeah, yeah. They... It's I think it's just generally because he doesn't like the quality of all of the other streaming services, right? Right. Yeah, has nothing to do with royalties. It's just did he take it? Did he did he pull it from title as well? I don't know. They they do offer higher resolution. 
So I'm told. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just Neil, like, standing up for what he always... Dude, if you're talking about crops or music fidelity, like, he just... He he stays staunch in his his (laughs) principles. So it's not a surprise. Uh, But I think he is being a little overzealous about it. I mean, you're... you're I understand. I mean, it's it's his music too, so it's kind of, I guess, refreshing to see somebody kind of take ownership of it. Um, but you're shutting people off, and even a future generation from listening to your music if you right. do that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And it's like that's their only hand. option. Yeah, right. I yeah. mean, that's just how people are going to listen to music now. Although, um, I mean, really, they are listening to it more on YouTube, which does offer a pretty high quality uh, streaming yeah, service. Right. Right. Um, so I don't know if it's available there. Well, yeah, I mean, he wants everything to be like analog sounding, but to be digital and he wants it to, you know, I don't know. He's, he's got he really high thing. standards. I mean, yeah, this is yeah. a guy who, who if four of his best records weren't even available on anything other than the original release of vinyl. When it, they first came out. They weren't even available until the late 90s. No, I'm sorry, early 2000s, right. including On the Beach. Uh, yeah. and yeah. Because he just never liked the transfer yeah, to digital. On the Beach, Hawks and Doves, Reactor. Right, right. yeah. Uh, and yeah. so, uh, uh, and Time Phase Away still isn't available uh, because he just doesn't like the transfer. And, and it is frustrating. I listen to a lot of tech podcasts and they try to talk about his his approach and and they're like, oh, you can't tell the difference. And a lot of people say you can't tell the difference. And it's like, yeah, you can tell the difference. Um, if you you know you listen to symbols, you know really high frequencies, shit gets, sure. just gets wavy and washed oh, yeah. out. Uh, so right. it's frustrating to hear people say, oh, it doesn't. You, you would never need anything better. Granted, a small percentage of the population needs something. It expects something better than uh, you know whatever streams oh, yeah. from Spotify. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, most of the population is going to be in like a middle range of like, oh, it can sound this crappy, and I'll still listen to it, and it's mm-hmm. okay. And right. then there's a, yeah, they a go percentage of people at the end of the spectrum that are really freaks about it. Yeah. Um, you know, people with twenty thousand dollars speakers. I know a Which guy. Is the who, minority. Certainly. I know a guy who has three thousand dollar interconnects. Sure. Sure, yeah, and that's not, not a lot of money because yeah. you can yeah. buy like twenty thousand dollar interconnects. Yep. And the people that have that shit, it's like point oh oh one percent of of the speakers yeah. look like pieces really of art. You're like, is that yeah. really a speaker? They yeah. look like crazy statues. And... Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think you know, I'm I'm in the, you know, I don't have a lot of money to spend on that stuff. And so when I throw down, you know, a hundred bucks on a set of headphones, that's a big deal for me. But yeah. It does make a, a difference, you know, between you know using earbuds, you know, the, the cheap, you know, wide earbuds you get with with your iPhone, and oh, yeah. and using you know some some nicer Absolutely. headphones. I had it never does owned make a really nice headphones until this past holiday season. I went on Crutchfield and bought some, and I could tell a huge difference over. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, I'm using my cheap ones. I yeah. can tell a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of it is the amount of attention that's paid to the music. And a lot of the people that I hear speak on the tech podcast, they aren't paying full attention to the music when they're listening to it. Granted, when I listen, most of the time when I'm listening to my music, I'm also doing something else. So it is more background music. But to have the option when you want to listen to it as your number one priority, yeah, you can tell the difference. But I think, think, uh, you know, 90, 
90 per, I don't know what percent a high percentage of of people who listen to music under the age of 30 probably rarely listen to it and do nothing else and only no, they listen want, they to want music. it they want to have it wherever they go you know i mean right. and, while they're doing other things yeah, or yeah. moving yeah i mean not everybody's else. like uh, you know, I'm going to throw on this album, sit on a beanbag and listen to it. You know, I mean, yeah, like, like I a got good time. that all of us got to experience that. Yeah, I know. still do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do, too. Occasionally. Um, yeah, not as much as I'd like, certainly. But um, yeah. So and then also um, start talking about just sort of Canadian players here in a minute. But, but first, um, you know, it's possible that Rush played their last gig recently. Um, That's unfortunate. Yeah, I, yeah, because they sound so great, but I don't know. I mean, might as well go out on top, I guess. You know, um, they're not going to they, do. They're they not going to do one last tour or anything. One would like think that? they would. They would end it all in Canada. You know, right? Yeah. yeah. So they just finished a tour, correct? They just finished a summer tour. Yeah, they played in L.A. I think was the last show. But it was never um, advertised as the last tour. No, or and anything. they've just kind of hinted at it, like huh. in interviews. They've they've said they might. Well, you know? shit! I wish I would have gone. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I hope not because they sound great, but I don't know. Yeah. Hey, if they save their money yeah. for them, you know, if they don't have to go back out on tour and can just spend time with their families up north of the border. I mean, they've, as far as ticket sales go, they've, they've cleaned house over the years. So yeah, they um, played Sprint Center here in town. Right. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, they, uh, they're, they're, they've kind of been a touring juggernaut the last few years. Um, so talking about canadian artists we've gotten neil and rush kind of out of the way i mean i'm sure they'll come up again but who do you guys what are some of the best canadian artists after those two and i know like i said quite a chasm in between oh, yeah. two April and wine comes to mind they're good i yeah. like it for one along my criteria is pretty basic it's like do i like more than one of their songs oh, yeah, you know absolutely that's that's kind of the criteria I went right. on uh, on judging these albums. Sam Roberts I, band is another one for me. Okay, yeah. Uh, I, obviously, I would include Arcade Fire. I mean, I would, I would actually even put them probably. Well, eh, maybe not. Next. I mean, they're it's a it's a newer band, newer. Um, yeah. Even yeah. though they've been around for a while. And they so. and they they kind of have dual citizenship as well. Right. With Texas. Right. Yeah. Right. Um. But I guess they count. I mean, they formed in Montreal. Yeah, I think they are considered in America. They've, they've won Canadian music prizes. Sure. Hmm. So, yeah. Sure. So I would, say, I would say them for, you know, the last 10 years or so. Um, but I, I got to say the guess who. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. they're underrated. Yeah. Burton yeah. Cummings. Burton Cummings, Randy Bachman. Yeah. yeah. Their live album from the 70s. Um, I, I think it was recorded in Seattle. It's from like 72 or 73. It's really, really good. Um, the American Woman's like sixteen minutes like, on. They were one of the bands that could take like political and social things, and like make songs about it. But you didn't feel like it was like shoved down your throat, right? Right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I have I have a forty five single to share the land, and the, and the picture yeah. cover is like an Indian sitting with like an Indian right. blanket. <laughs> Definitely. So it was like they're very very uh, socio conscious. Yeah. 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 I. Uh... I love No Time, too. Like, every time oh, yeah. I hear that song on the radio, I'm like, oh, yes, yeah. No oh, Time. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, These Eyes, great song. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, oh uh, No Sugar Tonight. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was singing it this morning. Panic yeah. does a killer cover of that. Um, they do. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, the S2 for me um, is would be, you know, guess who and, and Arcade Fire. Yeah. Arcade Fire for recently. Um, you know, I, I, I've got, I'll, this is maybe a controversial pick, but um, God, man, Brian Adams. Um, I mean, the guy was a hit maker. And I think I think for like what it is, I think Cuts Like a Knife is is, is, a, is a good record for like just an 80s pop rock. Yeah, it's like yeah. an 80s time capsule for the record. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. W- Waking Up the Neighbors was one of my first cassettes. That's from yeah, that's from like 89. Right. Um, it's it's I mean, like, I think the back to back of Cuts Like a Knife and Reckless like you know, the guy the guy knew how to to churn out a single. That's for sure. Oh um, yeah, he dude, he yeah. sells tons of records. Yeah, uh, in yeah. Canada, but he still sells tons of records. Right. He was in town recently. The lawn tickets were only like twenty five bucks. I kind of regret not going because he did Reckless in its entirety. Nice. Um, so yeah, I mean, and I look at this album. I look at Cuts Like a Knife. Man, there's like there's like five singles on it. Yeah, like yeah. five big singles. Yeah, yeah. So. He knew yeah. what he was doing in yeah. the writing, and well, I don't know if he—I don't know how much of it he wrote, but he—and this cuts like a knife. He was only like—he's only like 23, 24 when that came out as well, if maybe even a little younger than that. So they still love him. I, he released a record in the last couple of years that that went to the top of the charts in Canada. Right? Yeah, they're lifelong Adams fans. He can do yes. no wrong. They're loyal. Like yeah. I felt you like as, when I was younger, like when that was new, like I could only like one. And I liked Mellencamp, and I really wasn't yeah. into Adams. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. yeah, I mean they're no, yeah. but like it was like they kind of had the same vibe a little bit on MTV, right. and so it was like I was more of a Mellencamp guy than I was. Sure. I, but I mean, I I appreciate Brian Adams. I have uh, yeah. on forty five. I rock it every once in a while. I have the song from. Uh, what is it the Three Musketeers, where it's him and oh, Sting and Rod Stewart? Oh no, All for Love. All for yeah, Love. Right, right, yeah. Right, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, it's a, it's yeah. A good ballad. So I, I gotta add Adams to the list. All right, um, we gotta mention Gordon Lightfoot. Oh fuck yes, I forgot about him. <laughs> God, dude, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. The Canadian Railroad trilogy is just oh, pretty, yeah, dude. God, what a great song. Um, I'll add another one too. Um, Kind of a poor man's rush, but Triumph. Oh yeah, Triumph was a good band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yep. They were kind of, um, kind of. It was kind of lighter prog. Well, actually, no. I mean, they got they kind of they rocked out a little bit too. Um, but yeah, they were kind of an AOR kind of, but kind of proggy, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Triumphs, they've got a couple of good records, and also another one. Um, kind of like uh i don't know i guess you could kind of lump them in the kind of the easygoing late 70s stuff chili whack as oh, well yeah, yeah. The fuck was chili whack look them up bro um <laughs> yeah, chili whack was good they were kind of a, uh, don't know kind of the influence we say like maybe like a little bit like doobie brothers and like, yeah i'm um, trying to think was there a big one called like dreams something yeah um... yeah Right, right. I think they, their big album was called Dreams. Chili Wack you know is what? actually I didn't a realize? place in Canada. I think it's a, like a town in British Columbia, I think. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, those are those those are. Do you guys have any more? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I've got a couple. Yeah. Um, uh, the band. Yeah. Oh, was, that was going to be my next one. Yeah. I was right. say. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, they, they're up there with Neil and. and they they and, are. And they, you're right. You're right. Yeah. They are. They are. God, um, and I, I'm embarrassed for forgetting that. That's okay. Um, 
more recently, Broken Social Scene. Uh, nice. Broken Social yeah. Scene is a yeah. uh, 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 pretty, I think, a pretty important band of the last 20 Definitely years. Definitely important to the last 10, 12 years of music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and I don't mean important like, like, you know, that they're good, but I don't really listen to them a lot. Like, important, like, they're good, and I listen to them a lot. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Kind of like they're, like, they're they're important, but I don't listen to them as Sonic Youth. How I yeah. Think, you know? yeah, exactly. Just to me, like, it sounds like 30 years later, they're still tuning their instruments. Right. And slurring it out to, you know, but, like, they're important. Don't get me wrong. All right. <laughs> um, uh, Daniel Lanois, I think, is uh, a pretty great musician. Okay. Uh, uh, some of his Dan- some of Daniel Lanois solo stuff is is uh, I don't know if I'm familiar. Uh, you know, he did. He also produced uh, some stuff, Daniel Lanois, and uh, his solo records uh, have pretty good yeah, vibes. Uh, 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 slide slide guitar. Yeah. Oh man, great great we production. Sold, we sold some of them at the record shop. Yeah. Oh man. I, I don't know if I know him. Yeah. No? I just looked right. up a couple, and here's a couple that I didn't realize. Uh, Jeff Healy. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The guitarist. He yeah. was a you know blind guitarist. Blind, yeah. And then and got so much screen time in Roadhouse as well. <laughs> was the director just like you know what we're gonna we're gonna feature Healy in a lot of scenes? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Like Healy gets like VHS residuals off this. He's he's in a, he's in so much of the movie. It wasn't just like oh, yeah. like the bands playing. Like Healy's in like four or five scenes. Just every scene they could get him in. You're like, was he just pumping gas? Was he at the <laughs> Like what's going on? Um, I I I think Canada has also done a lot for their own music. Like the the Canadian government does a lot to support what they output, and there are some rules in Canadian broadcasting, uh, especially for radio. That uh, it started off just thirty percent when they instituted it. It's now up to forty percent of all music played on Canadian radio has to be derived from Canadian artists or producers uh or a few other options in term but it has to have canadian roots in some way uh and and so you know they they, they're really proud of their music and and they have local jobs man you know yeah Yeah. i mean they 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 have a lot of grants that they offer to bands uh a lot of times you'll see if you read the fine print on like broken social scene albums or or other uh, recent Canadian records, you'll see a, a, a seal, like a Canadian government seal, like subsidized. That oh. say it was subsidized by the Canadian oh. government to record it, and uh, uh, that's pretty admirable that that they go out of their way to do that. And even like promoting music festivals, uh, the the Canadian tourism uh, goes out of the way to promote music festivals uh, just to like get people travel to get the as they put it the youth traveling across Canada, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a good good investment, man. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> the value of the arts, you know. Yeah. Don't yeah, don't forget the legendary Corey Hart either, guys. He was uh <laughs> What so former center fielder for the Milwaukee Brewers? Uh, yeah, man. Sunglasses at night, man. Corey Hart. Oh, yes. oh, that one. Yes. <laughs> Levi, you mentioned April Wine. I think that um what is it, the bigger faster or longer faster? Uh, well, and yeah, that that was like one of their most well-known records and i'm actually more of a fan of earlier than that april right. Wine. like yeah. their first couple of records they should covered a, a yeah they covered <laughs> a hot chocolate song and yeah. that should have been a lady it's a great 
freaking it, it's, it's a ripping cover, man. It, it, yeah. If you haven't heard April Wine's version of that, you, you should definitely YouTube it. Should have been a lady. Version, is their version first, or is that a hot chocolate song? No, it's a hot chocolate song. What's the name of the song? I'm pretty sure. Should have been a lady. Okay, I'll, I'll put it on the uh, website. And uh, I just saw uh, Nick Nick Gilder is from Canada as well. Hot Child in the City. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Hot Child in the City. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, yeah, so obviously, you know, um, some good, some important contributors. Um, uh, Mets. Mets is a, a, a pretty awesome uh, yeah, those guys hard are rock good. band. That, Gabe, we saw them at Pitchfork. Yeah, they're Canadian, uh, huh? Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're Canadian on, on the Sub Pop label. Uh, but uh, it was awesome when we were watching them just rock the shit out of that. And we were behind the pit by like four or five people. And it was pretty aggressive up there in the pit. It was. Yeah. And, uh, and and you just saw banana peel go flying from like one side <laughs> of the pit to the other side of the pit. Right. <laughs> it was it was wonderful. The pitchfork crowd was eating was was eating healthy too. Yeah. Yeah. And there was like there was kale flying everywhere. Yes. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> sprouts hit me on the head. But anyway, um, you so, guys so, talked so, about yeah. artists that were like important, but you just don't really dig them. Yeah, and uh, you know, Avril Lavigne is one. Sure, sure. She's the Canadian songbird. Has been very important. Yeah, uh, but no, actually, Leonard Cohen. He's kind of a guy. Leonard I Cohen, never, absolutely. I never really Cohen got is him. baby. God, how did I forget about these? People? I, I never really listened to him, but I know he's important. Like I respect him. Right. Like right. I, I can't really listen to a ton of them. Uh, I'm uh, with you there. Like I mean, I, I definitely the dude's important. Um, like, but I, I don't listen to him regularly. I do have songs of love and hate. I think I've got that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and of course, he wrote "Hallelujah," which is the most right. covered song in the history oh, yeah. of, oh yeah, uh, Canadian music, probably. Right. <laughs> um. So yeah, yeah. So there's 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 some some solid contributors from our friends at the north, and, and there seems to be a lot of there's a lot of support amongst the bands, uh, especially in Vancouver. Oh wait, is Mac DeMarco from Canada? I don't know. I don't know. Fuck. I gotta look it up right now because if he is, I a think lot he's of, a lot of ladies. I I said Canadian songbird, and that's actually Anne Murray. So Anne Murray, right? Alanis Morissette, Celine Dion, Sarah McLaughlin. Uh... Yeah, Mac DeMarco. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, uh, British Columbia. Alice Gross, Vice, Nelly Furtado, all females out of Canada. Shania Twain. Shania was in can... town the other day. A lot, of, a lot of female pop acts have yeah. emerged from Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's oh, also, the, the the most divisive band of the last thirty years. Well, not divisive because I don't know. I guess they're divisive, polarizing Nickelback as well. Yes, <laughs> we went this we went this far without saying it. Nickelback um, is the Michael Bay of of Canadian artists. I'm sure what they like make and revenue helps like make all of these other like they subsidize all the other artists (laughs) they're keeping canada afloat yeah yeah Um, they're they're a necessity i feel like now like they're kind of like like i feel like bashing them is kind of like three years ago you know what i mean like it's yeah like they've just they've they're really they're not really in the orbit anymore you know i mean not that i was ever listening to them but right you know what i mean they're obviously the public is fickle, you know. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. 
You know, I mean, I don't, it's I don't think mainstream rock, and I yeah, there's a lot of mainstream rock I don't listen to. So sure, yeah, uh, uh, yeah it's. I mean, it's weird now that like, I don't want classic rock stations. I think they're being, I think they're being advertised right alongside Pearl Jam, which is unfortunate, but that's how it rolls, I guess. On I in, in the world female. of FM. Joni Mitchell. I missed oh, another Mitchell one. Joni Mitchell's Canadian. Yeah. 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 They got, yeah, they got the better. Canadian like, singer-songwriter down. Yeah. What about contributors on the ball diamond in Canada, though? Um, you know, Like Canadian-born? Yeah, Canadian-born, the list is thinner on talent than I thought it would be. Yeah, it is, absolutely. I Well, right. I'm a Cubs fan, so I know who the greatest Canadian baseball player of all time is. Right. That's Ferguson it's kinda, Jenkins. It's indisputable, yeah. Right. He's the only um, Hall of Famer. Right, yeah. he's the Canada. only Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, like, after him, like, the best, like, like might be, like, Joey Votto, you know, for, like, or Larry Walker. Larry Walker. Larry Walker, yeah. Yeah. who hit a lot of home runs. And at one point got 20% of the Hall of Fame vote. Yeah. And he was around a long time too. It seemed oh, yeah, like he was. yeah, yeah. Um, Joey Votto now, you know, is probably um, you know, one of the best Canadian players. Um, you know, a guy that I was I was looking through the list um, that I barely recall the White Sox signing, but he ended his career with us and actually got a pretty decent deal for the early '90s. Kirk McCaskill. Yeah, you guys remember him? Yeah, of the baseball cards for the Angels. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, in terms of hits, I, I like to sort things by hits on baseball reference. Okay. Uh the, the top of the list is Larry Walker, George Wood, Jeff Heath, Tip O'Neill, which are all guys pre nineteen fifty, two of those guys pre nineteen hundred. Uh, Jeff Heath was in like the eighties though, right? No, Jeff or... Heath was thirty six to forty nine. Okay, uh, I'm a little uh, you must be thinking of somebody else. Um uh, right. maybe his boy, his grandson. Uh, Matt Stairs is number five. So, right. Yeah, Stairs. He was on the Cubs for a while. He was yeah. a little. Stairs made some rounds. He, he stuck around. Yeah, Stairs um, would be on the all fat team if we if yeah. we made. Oh, definitely. Yeah, like, yeah, he's the yeah, person like, they made like that can of corn guy on like King Griffey right. Jr. Like he's like all chunky and Stairs. David Wells. Yeah. Yeah. Prince Fielder. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we could do an all. We could do an all. And take those guys to a buffet and have an interview. Right. We could do uh, an all hefty team episode sometime. <laughs> I don't remember Ter- Terry Pule. He played 77 to 91. Never heard of him. Let's ring a bell. And then Justin Morneau is next. And oh, then okay. um, Morneau is Canadian, right. Uh, moving down the list, Jason Bay, Corey Kosky, Joey Votto, Russell Martin. Corey Kosky played with the Cubs for a while. Yeah. I want to say he did, yeah. Yeah, all of those guys are in the top good 20 all-time hits. Defensively, defensively Corey Kosky's good was good i don't think he plays anymore no no but, yeah stairs played until he was like 40 at oh, least yeah. as well he modeled a few uniforms near the end of his career he did it's hard to keep up um yeah. pitchers uh ryan dempster canadian cub there Red you Sock. go uh other than oh paul quantrill obviously oddly enough this is my second personal paul paul quantrill reference for the weekend <laughs> awesome <laughs> i made one to myself unspoken the other night but oh, okay. uh paul quantrill used to pitch for the red sox at one point and i didn't realize he pitched until 2005 wow uh, he pitched uh yeah at 13 years uh 1200 innings which is seventh all time uh followed by real cormier right. uh jeff francis eric bedard rich harden yeah. Harden, I forgot about it. 
Whoa, what's this? There's a dude called the Only Nolan. He pitched before... He was pre-1900. His name is the Only Nolan. And, uh... Yeah, that, that's strange. Okay. Whatever. Anyway. Interesting. Yeah, a long list. And also, I was thinking about, um... The two Canadian teams. Well, one now, but, um... Obviously, we grew up in the 80s, collecting a lot of cards. You know, the both teams had powder blues. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, can we say some of, like, our favorite players that were on Canadian teams? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. absolutely. That's yeah, where yeah, I'm yeah. Going. Like, yeah, let's oh, talk yeah. about the teams, Carter, though. man. Gary Carter had one of the oh, greatest yeah, perms. Yeah, great. He had a he had a he had a perm worthy of a Brady man. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Him oh, and Matt yeah. Stairs could have been in, like, perm commercials. Stairs <laughs> had for a while on the Cubs, he had like the light blonde curl. Yeah, I don't oh, know. But, like that's different though than like like it wasn't for Carter like was, the like, perm mullet, right? All of it. <laughs> Carter was like had one of the things that went on his head. You know yeah. what I mean? When you go get your yeah. haircut, yeah. yeah, right, right. Yeah, Gary Carter is probably yeah he's he's obviously Dawson, but oh, I, yeah. I, yeah. I I consider Andre Dawson too like a lot with the Cubs as well. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, he did a lot for for the Expos. I mean... He went in as an Expo. Yeah, he went uh, yeah. I mean, he expo. acquired he? a man. lot of his bigger stats. I mean, he played right. a long time, but yeah. he achieved a lot of his greatness with the Expos. I, I was looking at some lists earlier, and a lot of people had, obviously, him and Carter as one. Olerud. I always liked Olerud. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On, On the, the Blue Jays, yeah. Oh, yeah. George Bell, for me, was the quintessential Blue Jay of the 80s. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Tony Fernandez. Tony See, like Fernandez I, was good. I would get a yeah. Tony Fernandez card in, like, every pack. Oh, my God, I can visualize the 88 score, Tony Fernandez. Yeah, uh, yeah I, do, I have a... I, it's funny, I have a shitload of Tony Fernandez in that closet as well. <laughs> I'm going Fr- Fred McGriff. Uh, oh, the crime dog. Yeah. Nice, oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. good deal. Uh, Tim Raines. I had uh, the, um, the McGriff uh, Donruss rookie card. That was a good-looking card. What year, 88? I think 87. 87. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, it might have even been around in 86. My my favorite, my favorite Blue Jay of all time, for some reason, Kelly Gruber. A great name. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember and, Kelly. And I'll say it, man. I'll just go out there. Good looking dude. Like, if you look at any photos of Kelly Gruber, like. Dude, Kelly he, Gruber he's, pulled some tang, man. He's an attractive man. Actually, you know? his nickname. I was looking. I was on his Wikipedia page today because that's what you do on a Sunday afternoon right. when you're watching the Royals game. And uh, his nickname in Canada uh, was uh, actually it had something to do with it was it was Xanoth, um, <laughs> Zan, Xanthos, meaning blonde, uh, after his long flowing blonde hair. And he was voted the city's most eligible bachelor. Nice. I bet Gruber was just swimming in it. Um, for so, yeah, and so he, you know, he had a, he had a couple really good years. Um, yeah, he at one point, he, yeah. he he got a lot of MVP votes one year. Oh yeah, he had yeah. Diamond Kings. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And then he got traded to uh, the Angels for Luis Soho, and it was because he retired the year like, after he like got 31. traded. He was like, yeah, thirty one, thirty two. Yeah. It turned out he had a bone spur on his vertebrae or something, right. and he was. Uh, at risk of uh, uh he was risking paralysis and so he retired and attempted to come back at one point but then said forget it yeah good looking son of a bitch that grew yeah. he, he, um, he had a pretty good mane one other i when i was doing some research today as well 
I had no idea. Do you guys remember Pat Pat Hinton winning the World Series? Uh, or maybe did I say is it Hinton? Hinton. Hinton. You're not the World Series. I'm sorry. Pardon me. Um, the Cy Young. 1996 Cy Young. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah he was he didn't um, much else really. No. Right? No. 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 That's one of those definitely outlier Cy Youngs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, that, those those Blue Jays teams, you know, they won two World Series, right, right. Uh, before Joe the strike. Carter, yeah, Joe Carter's uh, uh, walk off uh, home run. Uh, Going back to the Expos and cards, Tim Wallach. Yeah. Oh yeah, I had a lot of now, Tim Wallach. Now the third base coast for the Dodgers. Yep. And then also, I don't associate them with these teams. Because they kind of they started there, but then they moved on and you know gained most of their fame in other uniforms. But Randy Johnson and Pedro, yes, started. You know, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. right, yeah. right, yeah. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero, yeah, yeah, right. Um, and you know, when you talk about that. Everybody talks about the the '94 Expos that would have won the uh, right. World Series, right? Uh, well, and, like, Griffey was predicted to hit, like, how many home runs? He was on pace for 60, at least. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, before Mike that. Mike Sox had the best record in the Oh, America. yeah, a season Did of what-ifs. Yeah. Uh, so, like, the, the thir- their, um, one of their two best pitchers, even though Pedro was in that rotation, uh, according to the numbers. He was in the rotation still? Sorry? Pedro was in the 94 Expos rotation still? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the uh, one one of their best pitchers was Jeff Facero uh, oh, that wow. year, uh, uh, so the native of Springfield, Springfield Illinois, yeah. Sacred Heart yeah. Griffin High School. Yeah. Um. Uh, and it, yeah, it was a it was an odd uh, it was an odd rotation. Uh, Denny Martinez still around? Sorry, pitcher Denny Denny Martinez. Oh, he wasn't right? on that, but yeah, he was an awesome awesome pitcher. Yeah. And he spent a lot of time with the Expos. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, for going back to Toronto for a second, um, you know, he, he played, I, I kind of consider him a Padre, too, but Robbie Alomar. Oh, yeah. He oh, started dude. Yeah, out he as was, a Blue Jay, for sure. Yeah. yeah. He went into the Hall of Fame as a Blue Jay, I think. Wow. He's in the Hall of Fame, isn't he? Robbie Alomar? Yes. Berto. He's yeah. got to be. Recently. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I think recently yeah. he was. Yeah, he's, you know, he's like the best... Well, the best second baseman of the '90s, I would say. You know, like after Sandberg, I feel like he like just took off after that. After like Sandberg retired. Oh yeah. Oh right. I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. had the really unfortunate incident of what spitting on an ump or something like that. Oh, Robbie yeah, Alomar. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that so that Expos rotation in '94, Ken Hill was 16 and five uh, at the time of the strike. Then Pedro was 11 and five. With a three four two ERA, but Jeff Fisser was eight and six with a two nine nine ERA, and a one point one four WHIP. Wow! Um, a dude named Butch Henry was eight and three with a two four three ERA. Yeah. yeah, and Kirk Reeder. They, uh, they were looking good, huh? Andre yeah. Scalaraga on that team. Uh, uh, no, he, he would have been on Rockies by then. Yeah, he was on the Rockies. Or, okay. yeah, he wasn't on the Expos. 94 that would have been like the only like the Rockies like second second or third year in the right league. yeah 92 yeah. I think yeah but on, on the, the big cat I mean he was he's definitely one of the best uh he played forever too he played until he played until he was 40 at least 399 home runs one year he batted like 370 or something he 
And he's not in the hall yet. He's not. No, no, no. He's he got he got tied to Roy's. Galarraga did he? Pretty sure. Yeah, he, and he he only got a fraction of the vote. He wasn't even close. Well, he and he also got tied to Coors Field. <laughs> yeah, that too. Huh? No shit. I, I didn't know he was. Uh, he got popped. Ninety three. Huh. Yeah, he played in ninety two for the Cardinals, and then in ninety. 93 to 97, he was in Colorado. Let also me... an, under, an underrated pitcher on the Blue Jays, Dave Steve. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. He didn't play long enough. If he would have played longer, he would have he really amassed some really impressive numbers. Um, didn't, uh, wasn't uh, on that 93 team, wasn't Dave Stewart uh, on there by then, maybe? Or was he still on Oakland? Right. I, I want to say he was on the second blue jays team because they won back yeah back. yeah he was he was on the 94 team um hmm. and then on on the of course they had jack morris right uh who you know pitched that what was it complete gear 10 innings uh game seven or something like that in the 93 world series or 92 i forget which one right but uh yeah they had juan guzman uh, nice. Oh, D- Dave Stewart was on the '93 team as well. Juan Guzman, Pat Henkin, Todd Stottlemyre, Dave Stewart, and Jack Morris. That's a tough rotation. Yeah, yeah. And you know who they had uh, on the bench in, during those teams as a uh, third baseman uh, was Jeff Kent. Oh no, kidding. Uh, who, who was productive? Yeah, like he he was their top bench guy. Don't uh, remember that guy on the Blue Jays '93 team. Yeah, I have no recollection of Jeff Kent on the Blue Jays, but... Yeah, right? I'm sorry, I, I should be saying 92 and 93, not 93 and 94. Yeah. Uh, Dick Schofield, another Springfield, Illinois native, was yep. uh, uh, on the bench for uh, the 93 team. So I'd like to see the 93... Like, maybe I can, like, make these rosters on a video game. Like, I can... The 93 Blue Jays versus the 94 Expos. Right. Yeah, Right. Right. Oh, I'm sure they, um, they, they were. I I assume that the Blue Jays were competitive in '94. Uh, yeah, if they retained most of no, that. No, actually, they were 55 and 60 uh, at the time of the strike, uh, so they were struggling. Uh, but yeah, it could have you know, it could have been an all can. And they basically sucked place. ever since. Uh, after yeah, 19, since basically. yeah, they haven't made the playoffs. Yeah, if they make it this year, yeah, that's. Uh... Oh, uh, Devon White. That was one of my favorite uh, Blue Jays. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. They had a lot of veteran talent at that yeah. time on those Blue Jays World Series teams. Yeah. Yeah. Ed Sprague. I saw an Ed Sprague starting lineup at the baseball card store. Whoa. <laughs> nice. Uh, Paul Molitor was a DH as well. Right. I, I remember him uh, going to Toronto briefly. Yeah. 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 Uh, he was getting up there. He was, you know, 35, 36, 37. Right. He was yeah. leadoff man too, right? Molitor? When he was in Milwaukee. I couldn't Mal. say for sure. I don't know. I recall. Well, our friends from the north have given us a lot, guys. You Thank know? you, Canada. Yeah, Matt Stairs, Rush. You know. I still think that team needs to chill out this year. All right, just chill out and and uh, quit being so offended. Josh Donaldson's a bit of a hothead. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, he is. I'll agree with that. Guy can hit, man. I mean, that um, one and two with having Tulitz, Tulo at number one and then um, yeah. Donaldson at two. That's 
That's yeah. one of the best one-twos I've seen in a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and with uh, Incarnacion and, and, and Bautista. Uh, Bautista. That one through four. Shit. They got some sticks, man. Yeah. No yeah. doubt. But yep. they crowd the plate, and they got to know that it's coming up and in. I mean, right. sorry, you, you, you got you got to pitch in when uh, when you're crowding the plate. Yeah. Boys. I, I think, uh, yeah, Donaldson is on it. I think he's a future MVP candidate, you know. Oh, he's an MVP candidate right now. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, like, he'll, he's going to win one eventually, I guess. Yes, I yeah, probably. Yeah, that yeah, must I that think... must hurt a little bit for the A's fans to... Yeah. I mean, obviously it hurt when they did it, because he was good when they did it, but... Yeah, I, I was I, I, I... blown away they traded him. That is, uh, after the season he had and where he's at in his career, you know, he's only, he's, I mean, he's only like 27, I think, something yeah. like that. He's in his prime. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess if you're an, if you're an A's fan, you probably can't get too attached to players, I guess. No, you know? no, no, not <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like for some reason, aside from Mark Ellis, they kept Mark Ellis, it seems like, for like, like 15 years, <laughs> but everybody else is pretty expendable. Mark Ellis wouldn't leave. They like asked yeah, right. him like three times. <laughs> they, they've right. traded him four times and he right. just refuses to leave. He's like, I'll play for free. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, speaking of trades, uh, I didn't know Nick Swisher was still in the league uh, wow. and the Indians just Nick's traded him. Hurt. Yeah. Did they trade him? They traded him to the Braves. Oh, Swisher went to the Braves. I Swisher, did not know that. Swisher and Bourne to the Braves for Chris Johnson. Oh, really? That's a trade that, like, totally flew over my radar. Because man. both the teams aren't that great. Right, sure. teams aren't, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, it's kind of a relevant trade. Uh, I guess it was just a dump contract, I assume. I think so, yeah. 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 Huh. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well... You know, our, like I said, our, our friends to the north, they've been good to us over the years. So uh, after you listen to this, guys, crank up the band. Crank up April Wine. Yeah. Um, don't be For, afraid of Adam. If you're in a mellow mood, throw a little Gordon on. That's right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So we'll, we'll do our recommendations now. Um, uh, you guys uh, yeah. ready to go? Yeah. Cool. Here, hold yeah. on. Yeah. You can go. You I'll go. First. I'll go first. Um, uh, mine is stems actually from Broken Social Scene. Uh, the, uh, the lead guitarist in Broken Social Scenes uh, is uh, Andrew Whiteman, and he uh, went to Cuba to uh, stay with his godmother and and got and became influenced by Cuban guitars and such, and uh, started a, a side project called Apostle of Hustle, and uh, uh. this album, National Anthem of Nowhere, is for some reason one of my favorite albums. Uh, of the last, let's say, 2007, of the last 10 years. Uh, I've listened to this album probably uh, as much as any other album uh, in the last 10 years. Uh, uh, great great songwriting, unique sounds on here. Apostle of Hustle, National Anthem of Nowhere. Cool. Nice. nice. Levi, what about you, man? Well, you go first, Gabe. I okay, I will. I will. Um, mine is, I uh, don't have it in front of me here, but um, I'm going back not uh not going to a uh, a newer release but an old an old one 40 years old actually but maybe some of our listeners don't know of this band um it's the 1975 debut record uh self-titled from ambrosia oh, yeah. all right um and i would describe this as kind of like um kind of like yacht prog you know what i mean <laughs> like they, it's are they precious and few did they do that song I think they did in the in the eighties. They 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 did like a uh, you know they were they were totally poppy, and they yeah. they were like Air Supply you know in the eighties. But their seventies their first couple seventies releases are are definitely steeped in prog. Um, and uh, one of the reviewers on um, on Ardio 
can't remember who, or I'd give him credit for it, but I know I didn't say it. Alan Parsons mixed that Ambrosia record. Um, nice. And uh, and Alan Parsons also worked on the dar- on Dark Side of the Moon. He, he mixed that as well, just a couple of years before this. So this guy calls it the light side of the moon. And I think that's a really apt way to put it. Right on. So, so yeah, check it out. Ambrosia, uh, A-M-B-R-O. SIA it's their night it's their debut record from 75 cool really good their 80s stuff um you know just tread lightly all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but definitely that that 70 I really have been digging that 75 debut record a lot lately right on I uh I haven't got a ton of new stuff but I did make it to the record shop before I left Illinois and one of the last things I bought there was um this 45, it's Steve Goodman, and it's the city oh. of New Orleans. Nice. And it's one of those cases where I think I like almost every cover version I've heard better than this. And not to say that it's not a great song, but it's like sometimes you just hear songs and you're like, wow, man, that other artist really took that. Like I, sure. the Willie Nelson yeah. version of this is excellent. Arlo Guthrie the interpretation has a version. is better than the original. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, yeah, it was one of those times. Yeah, exactly. Like with Cohen, and um, I had never, I had never heard that original version. I'd always heard the Arlo Guthrie version, or like in the '80s, the Willie Nelson version. I think my parents had the LP of it. Hmm. And uh, yeah, so City of New Orleans, Steve Goodman. Cool. So Check it Apostle, out. Apostle, Steve Goodman and Ambrosia. There's a triple bill for you. There you go. All right. Um, well, you can follow us at Rock In. That's in, as in um, uh, Nylate. Wow. Wow. Hey, they were so big, they made a. They're in high fidelity. They are. The sticker. Yeah. yeah. yeah oh, right. In Cusack's yeah, record not office. Like the band's no, not yeah, there. the band's not, but, but there's there like a, a scene where Cusack's in his yeah, office and there's right, a sticker that's... like right next to his head. Yeah. In yeah. Nilate, yeah. I figure that's worth a few Google searches, you know, for right? oh, yeah. So, uh, N-I-L-8. Right? Yep. Um, number eight. So you can follow us at Rock in Chew. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram. You can like us on Facebook, as well as you can check out this episode and so many more, all 29 more, at rockchew.com. So rockchew.com. Oh, also check us out on, on Stitcher. We're on Stitcher. Okay, which is a podcasting... Uh, uh, d- d- distributor, yes. Right. Distributor. Yes, yes. Right. And iTunes, obviously. Oh, and, yeah, and yeah, rate yeah. us on iTunes. Uh, yeah. That would be awesome. iTunes, if, rate us yeah. on iTunes because that'll help boost our profile. So please do tell all your friends about us. We've got some. Uh, we're gonna have some good content coming up um, as the baseball season winds down and and into the off season too. So uh, yeah, uh, rockchew.com, and we'll see you for episode number thirty-one. Take care. Peace. Peace.